We're in the middle of this giant structure, it looks like. All four corners of the structure are now glowing. This dark spell, as this forbidden spell of Zaharas begins to activate, and all of a sudden, it looks like we've lost. There, there's no hope. Byleth has been sucked into like this alternate dimension or something. What could possibly break us out of this? Byleth starts to make his way up towards the giant stairs where Sothis is looking down upon him. She's obviously not pleased and gives him a pretty handy, pretty handy scolding. She tells him, I don't want to die, and you don't want to die as well. There is no other choice. You must join Smash. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Cardo's, what do you mean join Smash? It's not in my notes. Join Smash already! <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> Cardwiz, are they mad? Oh, they mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. Joining, fi- joining Smash Brothers as the ninth member of the Fire Emblem representation, it's Ordo and joining them as the tenth member, it's it's Cardwiz. <laughs> oh my good friend Ordo, the truth is here. Sakurai is on our side. Long live Smash, long live Fire Emblem, and long live Byleth and the Three Houses. <laughs> oh my God! So for, uh, when I when I was watching this. I was sitting in my living room. It was about, uh, I guess, I guess when it come on, like 9 a.m. my time. So I'm sitting here, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, so as soon as it zooms out and zooms into the forest, I'm like, they put Byleth in Smash. I started laughing. I actually had to watch this trailer again because I was laughing so hard. I had tears in my eyes. And as you can hear from my voice, I'm a little uh, under the weather. I was laughing and coughing and crying and I was just dead for this. <laughs> Don't be modest. You're laughing. Your your voice is sore because you've been laughing for the last about three days or so. Oh, probably. People are so mad. We learn that joining Smash consumes even the darkness itself. <laughs> I managed to. I was staying off Twitter throughout all this. I was just pausing that live stream. I was pausing every second just to type more notes. Because I was like, eh, I should be paying attention to this just in case it's a Fire Emblem character, but there's no way we would be that lucky. I oh. <laughs> I did not think it would be Byleth at all. I was thinking, like, I was thinking that was going to be re- like the Rex Mithra pirate combo from Xenoblade. I had no idea. Like, I thought, I knew there was going to be a, a second wave of DLC coming out, and I thought Byleth was going to be a part of that. I thought there was, or one of the three houses characters was going to be a part of that. I did not think Byleth would be a part of the first set of DLC because I, I felt hook like in line and sinker for that sort of idea that, oh, Nintendo's, it's going to be all third party people for this first set of DLC. That's what it's going to be. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's a, we're not going to have a Fire Emblem character for the fifth character. <laughs> oh man, just the explosion. The explosion on Twitter, man. Oh, uh, it was, it was even worse than when uh, Hero from Dragon Quest got in. Because at least when that happened, you had uh, Banjo-Kazooie also happen at the same time to sort of uh, balance out the people who were like, oh, another Japanese swordsman character. It's It's been a wild ride. Um, kind of coming down off the, uh, the laughs and the fun times. It does... Well, I'm trying not to rant about it, you know what I mean? Because obviously, I'm a Fire Emblem fan, so... 
that inherently has a bias. And this is a Fire Emblem podcast. You know what I mean? But basically the thing that I want to say is that if you fall for fake leaks, fake hype, fan polls, then you have no one to blame but yourself when it's not what you expect. Dear Lord, do you remember last year before Smash even came out that the whole Grinch controversy? Oh, yeah. The, because someone had was posted a picture of the Grinch poster, but in the background of the on the computer monitor or something was the supposed final list of uh, Smash characters in that banner. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what it, am was, I, uh, it was that mural or whatever it was. Yes, one of my favorite times in the internet were just people deciphering that background picture of a Grinch poster reveal or something like that. Oh, it's so good. The Smash community, more than anything, I appreciate that dedication and passion to go deep dive, go full conspiracy theory on what the next character is. But dear Lord, when it isn't what they expect, when that conspiracy theory doesn't turn out to be correct, oh boy, there's the salt comes out. Oh my God, and there's so much whining. So much whining. Here's the part where I kind of get a little bit of ranty, but because you have people out there that are just like, it's another Fire Emblem character. Yeah, you know what? Who are you asking for? Another Mario character? You're asking for another Pokemon character? Like, those two have the most representation out of any series in this game. And you're like, it's another Fire Emblem character? No. I'm sorry. You had your Mario character. You got Piranha Plant. You had your Pokemon with the base roster with Incineroar. But no one whined about that. Straight up. Like, the the second DLC, we're probably going to get one of the three starters from uh, from Sword and Shield as one of the, those six. Oh, so, yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah, I, I, I fully anticipate that. But I still see people really like, where's Geno at? And I'm like, there's better third-party square reps than Geno. From, mm-hmm. from Super Mario RPG 1996? Imagine this. Sakurai doing the, what is, insert game series. Oh, well, Super Mario RPG was a game released in 1996, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Sakurai wants something, at least in my opinion, from what we've seen so far, is that he wants something that actually has a history to it. Not, here's a character from 1996, and here is a small cameo he had in 2003. Yeah, this character was in one game on the Super Nintendo, but then they sort of turned it into the Paper Mario series, and that one took off a lot more, so... uh... Let's let's go with the old one. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I don't think I don't think in, unless it's some kind of retro character along the lines of like Duck Hunt or Ice Climbers. I don't think you're going to be seeing anyone who isn't from a more recent game or anybody that has a legacy behind them when it comes to these six new people. For now, we have Byleth as the fifth character. I'm happy about it, even though I didn't pay for that DLC, so I'm probably never going to play it. I I enjoyed watching that video. It did what I wanted. It to do with three houses when I first saw it, it's just like, okay, you've got all of the weapons. You're not just a Marth clone. You don't just counter with down B. You have access to all the weapons of all the main lords. It's a different feeling character than before. So I don't get the complaints. That's, oh, it's just another Fire Emblem sword user. It's like, this character looks like they play different than just about every other character. I like the part where people were like, oh, it just looks like Marth with blue hair. It's like, that hair is not blue, it's teal, which leans a little bit more on the green than it does the blue side. And the character's dressed in mostly black with like a pinkish accent all over her, or their costume. 
Uh, Looks nothing like Marth. And then then it get we get to see after we see a little bit of the gameplay, we get to see the next best part of the of that reveal trailer. Violet <laughs> gets beaten up by a bunch of swordsmen, goes back beaten up, goes back to Sophus, and we get the classic line: "Too many swordsmen, are there?" And you wield the sword too. Huh. What will you do? What will you do? And then we find out that Byleth is going to change sexes. That's what Byleth's going to do. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> but then she snaps her fingers because uh, it's something like, oh, so that's your angle. Well, I'll re- reward your cleverness this time. And then I saw three sparkles. And when I saw this, I was like, wait, is this actually Tokyo Mirage Sessions? Because it's, it's a very Tokyo Mirage Sessions looking sparkle that she does. Straight up, it is a, it is a very Tokyo Mirage Sessions sparkle. What I thought, I thought we were going to go full Pokemon trainer, where you'd be able to switch out between Dimitri, Edelgard, and Claude. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been cool, but we get the next best thing of Violet wielding all of their legendary uh, sacred weapons. Can we talk about female Byleth's smile when she jumps out of like the Smash logo? Byleth recruits Byleth. And she has the biggest grin on her face as she's flying off, and Solon's just like, uh... <laughs> the look on Solon's face was so fantastic. <laughs> uh... Actually, here's something Here's something funny, and it's probably non-intentional. So, I have the North American Special Edition of this game, and it comes with a um, 2020 calendar. The character that they have on this 2020 calendar for the month of January is Female by Leth. They knew. They knew what they were doing all along. That has to be, like, the biggest, like, coincidence in the world for this no, uh, Smash Brothers. No, it's been planned out all along. It's been planned out with that calendar. You saw Sakurai holding up the three, because we all knew exactly what he was talking about by talking about the 17 Fire Emblem games in the, in the past. And then he had to flex on us by counting in binary. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, that was so fantastic. <laughs> I loved when he's putting up the poster on the wall, and he gets down the back of it. He turns to the camera, and just smiles <laughs> like he's like, I know, he's like, I know you're so mad, but I don't give a damn. <laughs> uh, soccer is the best. <laughs> oh, uh, so I'm trying to think about what <laughs> what was in Garrick Mock Monastery at the stage because he went through he went through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could, I could tell you because like I was literally pausing every second and writing down notes, uh, including like after we get the line. So joining Smash consumes even the darkness itself. We get the quick shots of all the fighting of the initial beat up. We could say, okay, we're in Garrick Mock. We're in the hallway with the food. We're going to. There's Edgar. There's Petra. There's Dorothy in the background. Oh, we're on the bridge. There's Claude, Lorenz, and Hilda. And then we get the reveal that we just talked about with the different weapons. I, I will say in my notes, I did have disappointed. It's just like, oh, are we fighting Gilgamesh style with the weapons floating around us and attacking? But eh, oh well. Ah, fate reference. Okay. That would have been nice. It would have been cool. It would have been a cool visual. But fast forward through my notes. Oh, we get uh, Demetrius Arnbar. We got Reach. With Amir, we have power. We have the lightning speed of Fail Not. Oh, there's Dimitri Ingrid to do in the market. And who's that in the background? <gasps> It's the gatekeeper! 
Greetings, Professor. Oh, and Smash confirmed. <laughs> I was actually uh, surprised they had uh, Lawrence. I know I've been saying Lorenz, but that's because I just... It's it's the way I, I've never actually heard his name pronounced until now. I'll probably still call him Lorenz, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to say it Lawrence. Lorenz, nah. I'm, a, I'm still going to say Lorenz. But uh, yeah, they had him They had him there. And I, that's what I was cheering, bro. I was like, Lorenz, he's there. He's there. Then we get a shot of uh, Byleth Smash and. I gotta be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the Smash. Oh, I, the, I, <laughs> the ruptured heaven thing? Yeah, we get the ruptured heaven. We get to see the slashing of the sword of the creator with just a random picture of Sothis in the background. Well, as she says, both sides of time are revealed. And just like, eh, that's a little underwhelming. I thought we could have done something a little bit cooler looking, but eh, oh well. Well, it, it's, it's underwhelming because... It's based off like although Byleth does have that attack called Ruptured Heaven, and where he's where he or she swings the the whip sword around, it's actually based off the cutscene where Nemesis uses it. And in that, when Nemesis uses it, he tears down like half an army with with it. So just seeing it tear down two people here really isn't that impressive. And actually, I actually did want to point something out, but Sothis actually being there just proves that you know she has your back as much as you have her back. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> at, at this point we get to have another sit down with sakurai and he asked the question what is fire emblem to which i say thank you for doing our job for us mr sakurai <laughs> i know we know what fire emblem is they have too many characters uh, he <laughs> informs us that characters can die permanently and as he says that there's a bunch of laughter in the background which really scared me a little bit he then, uh, count, he then counts all the games uh aside from like spinoffs uh yes and i i didn't he also counted heroes and i didn't know heroes counted in the official numbers so well alphonse is in a lot of the official art like there's a um there's a fire emblem cipher card it's like one of those two-part cards that make one picture and Alphonse is actually in it, along with everyone else, or with all the other uh, Fire Emblem Lords. We also learn, Sakurai also gives a reason for why all the Fire Emblem, so many Fire Emblem players have the counter. And says like, he wants to use that counter to reflect turn-based combat. And it was just like, I never could have possibly thought like that. I guess that's why you're Sakurai and I'm not. So he asked us to count down all the Fire Emblem games. I managed to succeed, but I didn't get heroes because I didn't know that counted. But it does now. He tells us the story about how he got to play the game before anyone else did. So he could get a feel of how of whether Byleth was going to be a character or not. And turns out to, he really liked it. But the funny uh, thing is, is like he also mentions that he got to play an early build of Breath of the Wild as well. Yeah, so... He, I, I kind of I kind of worked this out in my mind in that he wasn't able to get a, an early build of Xenoblade 2, which means your boys at Molinol Self failed to hook Sakurai up. That's a possibility. And as he's talking about how he got to play Breath of the Wild early, he sort of decides, well, I guess we can't have uh, the Breath of the Wild version of Zelda as a fighter. So it was just like, wait, was that a possibility? We could have had a different version of Zelda. That could have been cool. Oh, yeah. Well. Who knows if if, hey. if if she's playable in Breath of the Wild too? Like most people are speculating. Let's let's face it. Sakurai's probably already playing. He's playing it right now. He's playing Breath of the Wild two right now, just to rub it in all our faces. He's already beat it. Uh, and w- at this point, Sakurai goes into the sort of detailed version of Byleth's attack. Uh, we learn that Byleth is a distance demon, and we learn that the Falcon Punch is no 
match for Byleth when Byleth is swinging uh, a mirror around. And I had to cry because Captain Falcon's my boy. And if you like, go back and start watching like the trailers from when Lucina and Robin were first revealed, all the way up to now. And there is a running theme of Captain Falcon never hitting the Falcon Punch on a Fire Emblem character, or really, <laughs> or or actually, actually, there's him never hitting a Fire Emblem or hitting a um, Falcon Punch on anybody. Oh yeah, uh, would would you like me to go through it? <laughs> I'm sure you have it distinctly carved into your memory. I do because I cry. <laughs> at this point, we get to look at the different costumes that Byleth has, and they are pretty much what you think. You get the male, female, you get the three color variations for the three lords, you get a Sothos version, and you get the uh, lime-haired awakened version of Byleth. Yeah, it kind of makes me a little sad that Corrin's colors don't reflect, you know, the different houses that they're in. Because Corrin doesn't have a... You know, the female Corrin doesn't have an Azura alt, nor does she have, like, a, a Nor or Hoshido alt. They just have kind of, like, generic red, blue, whatever colors. I've never used Corrin, so I have no idea what the color variants are. We look at, at this point, we get a little closer look at the map of Garrick Mock Monastery. It has four different sections. We get the shop area. Uh, sadly, uh, one thing I was hoping for is that you have the shops on the side. It'd be nice if you break open the shops and there are weapons in there. But eh, sadly, just destroy them to spread out the stage. And where's Anna? I know. Anna could have been there. Uh, but we move, can move into the exhibition hall where we can break some chandeliers if you can jump up there. Uh, then we move to the cathedral where we get our first look at uh, Rhea, Seteth, and Flane. You know Seteth you know is pissed. No, uh, yes. Oh, first we go to the bridge, but we already talked about that. Then we go to the cathedral and Seteth watches us destroy the cathedral very happy and sakurai then does a basically a one-on-five match with byleth defeating all the fire emblem lords in the game or a bunch of fire emblem lords in the game because there are so many <laughs> we get a look at the spirit board which will have dorothea ingrid hilda Seteth, Rhea, the three lords and sothus I that's for- about I forgot to take down the uh, the notes for the music tracks that were appearing in there. I know there's I know there's eleven of them, and I believe he said that those music tracks can also be played on the other Fire Emblem stages as well. I did not take a look at the list, although after we learn a little bit about uh, Byleth and Fire Emblem and learn how to count in binary, we get to look at the new uh, Me Fighter editions, including Altair, a rabbit hat, X for Mega Man X, Battle Network Mega Man. And Cuphead with music. Weirdly enough, I think either the X costume or the Mega Man EX EXE costume is actually returning one. I do not remember. I never use those things. I've I never don't. Used the... I don't like the maze. You want to talk about wasted slots? I think the maze are wasted slots. I don't mind them that much. We then get a look at the Richter and Dark Samus amiibo, and those look good because most of the amiibos look good. There are really bad looking amiibos. I think the difference between like, this is kind of like a really kind of a side thing, I guess. But like, I think the difference between newer newer Smash Amiibo and older Smash Amiibo is that they're produced on a different budget. So it's like the initial ones that you had for Smash Four, they're all they're, they're all produced on a single budget. So you take your budget and you divide it by was it like fifty something characters that were in that game? I'm probably I'm probably lowballing it. And then you know that's why you have some Amiibo that don't really look that great. 
and some Amiibo that look really good. With the DLC ones, you know, you're only doing maybe a couple at a time, so you can focus, you know, more of your budget on getting the details just right and proper and perfect and all that. At this point, we learn about Season 2 of the Fire Pass, which will have not five, but six characters. Here's hoping for six more Fire Emblem characters. We can only hope. I mean, even then, it's we would be, it wouldn't be enough Fire Emblem characters. We, we need more. We really do. At this point, this Nintendo Direct presentation is over. There's no more Fire Emblem news for the day, and we... Wait a second, I just got a, a text from Godfather. I got a text from Plan Ordo. They just dropped a DLC, the fourth DLC trailer for Fire Emblem Three Houses? What? Yep. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Cindered Shadows, focuses on a hidden underground house known as the Ashen Wolves. And I've got an article pulled up here from Nintendo Everything. I'll drop that link in the podcast description, but it reads as followed. Yesterday, Nintendo revealed that the final piece of DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses, called Cindered Shadows, would be launching on February 13th. As previously re- previously revealed, it will feature new characters from the Ashen Wolf's House and a new area below Garrick Mock Monastery called the Abyss. Today, Nintendo revealed a little bit more about the DLC on their Japanese topic website. As it turns out, once you've downloaded the DLC, it can be accessed via a new side story option in the main menu. As such, the side story will be on a different save data than the one used for the main adventure. The gameplay flow will also be different, and it seems like it won't use the calendar system using the main story. Instead, you'll fight battles using predetermined squads of characters. This explains in the reveal trailer, which shows Edelgard and Hilda fighting on the same side, which normally isn't possible. Apparently, the maps in Centered Shadows will also make use of a variety of gimmicks. However, this piece of DLC won't be completely separate from the main story. Once you beat the side story, you'll be able to recruit the four new characters, Balthus, Yuri, Happy, and Constance in the game's main story. Yes, and this will arrive on February 12th. We get to play the DLC. Dang it, autocorrect. The autocorrect says that this story is called Cinderella Shadow. Okay. So we get to play that on February 12th. Nice and, uh, Kingdom Hearts crossover. Yes. Uh, I am very much looking forward to playing and finishing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses in a Basement. <laughs> so, what do you what do you think of the designs of the four new characters? I think they're all so, I think they're all solid designs. I didn't see anything I absolutely loved. I didn't see anything I hated. I, the biggest thing I want is just please have better map designs. I want more maps, more variety. Because playing through this game again, it's just like I'm seeing the same maps over and over again. It is starting to get old. Finally. I have gone through the hell that is Fire Emblem Revelations, and so when it said gimmicks, I like started to cower in fear a little bit because Revelations is so horrible with its uh, map gimmicks. Thankfully, never played that. Hopefully, this it doesn't get voted on, so I never will. No, I, I flat out refuse to, to do it. Good. <laughs> there is There is no negotiating on that. Unless someone comes by and says, I will give you one million dollars i'll be like <laughs> i'll play it i'll play through it four more times if you want but uh yeah the the, the four char- the four characters though uh the one that people seem to be going gaga over the most looks like it's going to be the house leader his name is uh yuri and people are like oh my gosh he looks so he looks so special he looks like this and he must be he must be an option for marriage uh from for the males i was just like he just looks like leon from echoes <laughs> <laughs> he, he- he looks like Leon from Exodus. He, he looks vaguely like Leon from Sacred Stones. Just needs a little more crazy hair. Yeah, uh, we have Constance. Uh, she's has she has this really nice, elegant looking dress on. 
Um, is she the blonde one? Yeah. Or wait, what else say her name was? Constance? Yeah, Constance. Yeah, that's who that is. Uh, Balthazar is the dude with the giant eight pack. Straight up looks like he's came out of uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, man. Who's he look like? He looks like... Um, I can see the character in my mind. I can't remember what his name is, though. In the it, last... It, like the guy from... Like the big guy from 15? Yeah, that's his name. Gladio. Gladio. Something like that. Uh, and then the last one we have is Happy. Or it may be Hoppy. Happy? I don't know. It's H-A-P-I. And I... She looks all right, I guess. Looks okay. Like the theme of the houses is like white and purple. And it's like... I like white and purple. That's okay colors together. So maybe we can... Hopefully we get some... Uh, what is it like the Ashen Wolves? We can get an Ashen Wolves volleyball squad squad going together. I'm just going to call them the Garrick Mock Wolf Pack. Don't turn your back on the Wolf Pack. You but might wind up, up in a body, body bag. bag. Yeah, but it seems like there's this. So there's this part because I just busted open the um, Three Houses art book because I was just like because I was just looking up at it on my shelf the special edition box and I was just like. I have never actually looked at this art book, so I'm flipping through, and this was maybe two weeks before, like, Byleth and Smash and the DLC and all that, and I noticed something very interesting, that it's not actually in the game. And of course, it may just be concept art, but there looks like to be an underground area, and there's a, it's a green circle, and it has all the crests on it, and it has a person that's standing in the center of it. They're just, like, a generic design placeholder person, and it's glowing, and I'm just like, I wonder, that clicked in my mind after I heard about this being underneath the monastery. I'm just like, I wonder if that's actually going to be a place down there. Uh, I'm just looking forward to more Fire Emblem and just like another excuse to play this game again. Yeah, because like, it looks like after we finish our playthrough, I'm going to be going right back into Fire Emblem Three House so I can play this DLC. <laughs> and I've got to jump into uh, Crimson Flower sometime. You, yes, you do. This can be a Crimson Flower playthrough. Yeah, so I actually may wait for the DLC to launch, then start my Crimson Flower playthrough. Actually, uh, I think I made a mistake, Carbos. I I don't have a date for it. Do you remember what the date was? Uh, February twelfth, I think it was. Okay, so they're finishing ahead of what the initial schedule was of like April thirtieth. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got February. For some reason, I've got February twelfth down. I ha- haven't looked that up to reconfirm it, but I assume I got it right the first time around. Yeah, that should be all right. Oh, three houses, man. The ride just never stops, does it? No, it does not. Maybe we'll get a wave two of DLC. More challenges approach. Just looked at the trailer again. It is February 13th. One day before Valentine's Day. So we're going to do a uh, a support and let Cardwiz pick it out. I will say that maybe you've kind of noticed it, but I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, I'm currently fighting the coughs that I've had for maybe the past week or so. And Cardwiz has chosen the perfect support, so I will not die. Normally, when we pick supports, I try to we try to go with either like a theme to the episode or something with a lot of depth, or maybe something that's uh, super unique. Straight up, I'm going to be honest. I picked this one out because I just wanted to read it, and I wanted to read it with you, my friend Ordo. The support I'm picking today, and your voice is going to love this one: Flane and Raphael. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Yet another lovely day on such a fine day as this. It would certainly be nice to go for a stroll with someone. 
I wonder if anyone's around. Oh, oh my! Is there such yeah. awful, awful oh. noises? Yeah. Who, or, or rather, what is making these sounds? Huh? Hello, Flane. My, my apologies. I feel a bit better now. Oh, you scared me. You nearly knocked me over with that scream. You startled me, appearing out of nowhere and making such noises. What is that you're doing here anyway? I'm just out here using logs to train. Wow, are, are you really capable of lifting something so massive, Raphael? Of course, want to see? Yeah! Yeah! See? I told you I could do it. Oh, that was magnificent. Do you suppose I could try give it a try as well? Hmm. It might be a little bit too much for your tiny arms. Tiny or no, I want to be stronger. Do you have any tips for someone both willing and eager to grow? It's probably best to start by practicing your battle cry. If you let out a good shout, you'll feel even more powerful. Ah, you are a font of knowledge. Can you apply your wisdom and show me by example? No problem. Just follow my lead. Yeah! 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 Karg! Dot, dot, dot. Uh, how did I fare? Do I look stronger now? Um. <laughs> it's working. I knew this would help. <laughs> it's so silly and wonderful and charming. I love it. Just flame, just flame going. Yarg! <laughs> <laughs> One of the best supports in the game. I love this support so much. And the, the the voice acting puts it over the top. We can't do it justice, but oh man, is it fun! I would say go to YouTube right now and look it up. Onto the B. <laughs> oh, hello, Raphael. Are you well? Any chance you might be training today? Of course. My muscles are always ready to train. I imagine so. Mind if I tag along? I have been practicing my battle cries. I believe you shall notice a marked improvement. Rah! Yeah! Wow. That sounds much better than last time, but try doing it more like this. Rah! Ooh, hearing it anew is positively invigorating. I must, I have much training ahead if I am to be as strong as you. Try not to strain yourself. You got smart, so you shouldn't need to worry about your muscles. I won't be satisfied until my body is as strong as my mind. My body is so frail. My brother is endlessly worrying over me. I know what that's like. I have a little sister, too. I always worry about her. Even when it's something small, like catching a cold. Then surely you understand. I want to give my brother peace of mind. If I don't get stronger, I won't be able to do all the things I wish to do. <sighs> but I'm quite enjoying this. I have never shouted so loudly in all my life. Each time I allow myself to let go in such a way, I, I feel invigorated. Well, if you're having fun, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead and shout as much as you want. Give it all you've got, and make your brother proud. Oh, just you wait. I've only just begun. All right. Gather all your energy, deep in your gut, and get ready to shout. Yeah! Rah! <laughs> I love Flynn. She's so funny. Normally, I'd, I'd, 
I did not think I'd like Flame straight up when I first met her. Never thought I'd like her, but it was supports like this that just made me like really like the character. Well, when she was first report, when she was first revealed, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, she's so small, must protect, must protect." It was those type of people that just seemingly emerged from the woodwork. I'm like, "Oh boy!" I saw the green, the the green hair from the small girl. It's like, "Oh, this is the girl who's going to she'll get a dragon stone or something and join you throughout the campaign." But like, that's not something that really happens. So you just grow and get to know this girl who wants to be stronger with her brother. There are other things there, but I'm not going to go into them for spoilers' sake. Yep. Just uh, don't look at the art book if you uh, haven't played through the game yet. <laughs> On to the A. Rah! Nice work. Here you go. Drink up. Oh, thank you. This water tastes absolutely divine. Your shots are really coming from the gut now. I bet you're getting stronger, too. I'm not so sure if I'm stronger, but, but somehow when I shout, when I shout, I'm able to move more books than normal. Although my brother becomes very anxious any time he hears me shouting. I do suppose my body feels a bit sturdier now, though. I'm very grateful to you, Raphael. Oh, no, thank you. I'm just happy to have someone to shout with. But doesn't all the shouting keep you from your precious workout regime? Nah, don't worry about that. I think I'm in better shape now than I was before. My muscles work overtime when they hear you shouting so close to me. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Come along, Raphael's muscles. We can do this. It is my wish that someday I'll be able to lift the log all on my own with these arms of mine. I'm sure they will. I'm used to, I used to think you were a lost cause, but look at you now. If you really want to get there, you got to start straining your muscles while we shout, all right? You've got big brains, but if we can get you the big muscles too, you're going to be invincible. Invincible? I like the sound of that. support so much <laughs> it's so goofy i love a good goofy sport 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 I, I i love it this is the perfect goofy support for me just the constant shouting <laughs> 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 i could just see i could just i see seth in my mind just sitting there with a cup of tea in his hand with his hands with, with one hand on his face and his eyes just closed <laughs> uh, it if this board had been in one like one of the GBA games, it probably just would just be weird. But the voice acting in Three Houses just makes this top notch. One of the best examples of like how voice acting can really help these supports. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was, that was so refreshing to do. <laughs> How's your voice? Tired, very tired. <laughs> so no here's much. here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Obviously, it won't be a break for you. It'll be like a minute. And then we'll be back for the playthrough section of the podcast. Chapter 17. 
Part 2. Azure Moon. Great Tree Moon. Blood of the Eagle and Lion. Three armies are soon going to clash once again at Grodner Field, although this time it will not be for a mock battle. We get learn in a bit of a cutscene that House Karen, which is Catherine's home, may send us some help. So it's nice to learn that from the king, the kingdom is get starting to get a little bit of support for this mission that Dimitri is putting together. We get to roam around the monastery once again, and this month's mission is to gather herbs for the soldiers, along with the generic Give Gilbert junk. Hey, gather them herbs, man. Gather them herbs. Managed to do that successfully. As we, there's nothing real. We're at the point in the game where pretty much nothing happens during the month outside of just do the story missions. We're not even going to give you things to run around the monastery with. Just let's fast forward through the game at this point. And at this point, I appreciate it, game. Thank you. Yeah, I think at this point, I've actually started skipping the months. I mean, since I'm on New Game Plus anyways, and most of my units are already in their third, or the master classes, I'm not really bothering too much with doing monastery stuff. Yeah, it's it's at this point, we're just like, okay, this is what the seminars are for, just like to skip past stuff very quickly. If I don't feel like going through and feeding everyone, we have a conversation between Rodrigue and Gilbert discussing Dusker, talking about the history of Dusker and... We talked about how the fog is getting really bad. Is the next map going to be a fog of war map? Uh, actually, actually, no, it's not going to be. They were just discussing fog for no reason. Discussing the events of Dusker, we learned that Lady Patricia, Dimitri's stepmother, her body was never found. Hmm. At some point earlier, we had sent some soldiers off to the Alliance to ask them for help, but we found this soldier, and this is badly hurt possibly dead it doesn't really say the word dead but it's pretty heavily implied it's time to go to grodner it's time to march and at that field there will be three armies colliding as one and we get the cutscene. Know that I will tear your heads from your shoulders. The dead must have their tribute. As big class reunions go, this one's gotta be the worst in history. Years ago, we fought here as classmates. But not today. Kill every last one of them! And so we fight on. The cutscene where we kill every last one of them. And actually, I want to give a shout out to the bird. Uh, he didn't have to come back, but he did. Heck yeah, he did. Good job, Bird. And so the map starts. We've got our blue lions at the at the north. We have the crimson flower. We have the red eagles, or black eagles. Dang it, red eagles. Black eagles. Down in the bottom left corner, and we have the golden deer in the bottom right. At this point, I make my first move, realize I made a bad move, and rewind. 
And today I learned, if you rewind to the start of the battle, it will play the cutscene over again. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to the bird for showing up again. Shout out to you, bird. We learned that it's time to kill every last one of them. It's time to start killing classmates. If you haven't killed a classmate before, you're probably going to kill one now. Unless you cheated with the and spent all your points to be able to recruit recruit people in the new game plus. This is the part where I feel, feel terrible. Yeah, my first one of my first moves of the game was just to have Leone axe Bernadetta in the head because oh. Bernadetta's yep, her death's Goodbye. the worst. Yeah, Bernadetta's. I like to imagine that Leone just straight up chopped her head off. It was very gruesome, very horrible. But she's got control of the hilltop. The hilltop zone, if you will. The hilltop zone where we have their ballista, which has unlimited <laughs> unlimited arrows. And you can just spam every turn. It's I, I enjoy the ballistas in this game. Just being able to spam and chip, do chip damage unendingly if you feel like it. Well, that is until Edelgard's like, ah, you're up there. You must remember that from the other uh, battle that we had. So I'm just going to set that entire area on fire. That's actually only optional because I've I've had playthroughs where that happened. It did not happen to me on this playthrough. Edelgard did not get the chance to set the hill on fire for me. She has set me on fire every single time. She didn't set it on fire for me. I I don't know exactly what triggers it, but it didn't happen for me. Hmm, that is oh, that's really odd. I wonder if it has something to do with how how fast you kill Bernadetta. Then it's possible about that. It could be possible that it's just like you went splitting off in different directions. It's like. There's so many little things on the map where I don't know what triggers what, but I've seen different playthroughs and different cutscenes happen in different ways, depending on how it happens. I, I absolutely love the intricacies each map has, because otherwise it would be a little plain. One thing that was funny to me is like after I set it on after I got set on fire, I I ran out of there with Lawrence and Hubert decided to chase after me. So I'm like, okay, I'll set up my units here. That way, when Lawrence and those other units that are like with him come over to me, I can be able to take him out. But they never came over to me. They just stayed in the fire and let their HP drop down to like one. <laughs> All right. It's the same map as before where we had the mock trial battle many, many chapters ago. Did the same strategy, split people off left, right, and center. After I went right, if I went down to the Golden Deer side... Eventually, Hilda just comes out from behind you where you eventually started the map. And dear Lord, is she scary with her legendary weapon. Oh, Lord, she is. I was about to say she's she's the worst, but she's actually the best. No, she is horrible with that axe. Yeah, she's absolutely terrifying. Thankfully, I was able to use the power of gambits. Thank you, gambits, to not get counterattacked. And my Catherine was able to beat her, but she runs off because Hilda's a coward. Hilda only cares for herself. That's the propaganda I'm going to spread, at least. Don't you dare. You will You will hype her up. Uh, this point, I, focus, I focused on the Golden Deer in the bottom right, and uh, I did not recruit Lysanthia. I think this is the first playthrough I've never recruited Lysanthia. Oh, dear Lord, is she scary. Dark spikes are hell. Think about yeah. it, man. Most of my units are on horses. Lysanthia started marching. I was like, no, no, no. We're going around the other way. <laughs> Yes, I, I had like Cynthia and Claude together, so fighting them together was very scary. But I managed to I managed to get through it barely, because Ingrid is a dodging machine and could dodge everything. 
Oh, yes. My Ingrid, too. She's great. Give her a sword and she's untouchable. I actually, for the first time, I used my legendary weapon. I had her use Firequake on Claude. Took her out, and then I had uh, Cyril stand far away with a bow and arrow and chip away at Lysanthia because I'm a coward. I No, it's, it's not cowardice. She even, like, KOs the Death Knight, so <clears throat> it's a-okay. Yeah, looks because Cyril shot Lysanthia with with a bow and arrow i i like to imagine she got shot in the knee because memes and lysanthia is down lysanthia is down and out i've killed lysanthia how do you how do you feel about recruiting the students because i feel like i kind of like not recruiting all the students because i feel like it gives everything a little bit more weight when you know the characters that you're fighting and killing absolutely i love recruiting a couple of students i but it means so much more to have that one familiar face on the battlefield and you know you have to defeat them it it means more and i i really like that i've tried avoiding dorothea every time i cannot avoid dorothea and it hurts me yeah i i, I recruited dorothea although i did not recruit petra so i did end up having to kill petra with uh leone doing that chip arrow with the with a ballista actually no i I think I killed her with Byleth because she was the only one who could hit her because Petra's a dodging machine. Breaks my heart. Did, uh, did was there anyone different who you killed? I'm trying to think, but I don't. I don't recall anybody at this point. Was able to take out Huber, no problem. He runs away because you fight Huber like ten times, and but then you finally take out El- Edelgard. And I had my White Knights, my uh, Light Magic Paladin Dimitri, ride in and use his Nosferatu to finish off Edelgard, but. Of course she escapes, because she's a jerk. I think I hit her with a critical hit. Nice. My Dimitri critical hits everything. I'm just like, can you just stop? This is why I don't get any skills, because you want some critical hitting everybody. I need I need my Dimitri to heal himself and heal others with his white magic. So he's not very he's not as powerful as he should be. He's not as OP as he would be if I just gave him a, a training lance. But Edelgard gets away, and Rodriguez... Rod, Dang it, stupid autocorrect. Rodrigue tells us to run. And then, oh, it's that maiden from before who we saved in that last battle, who just vaguely resembles an enemy general we killed at some point. What's she doing here with that sword? (laughs) Dummy, all the enemies are dead. And then we get a really good scene. We get some really good still shots of... We we see that the maiden stabs Dimitri, and then, then we get the still shot of her with a crazed look on her face about to stab Dimitri, about to kill the king of the kingdom. And one thing I noticed is that Dimitri seems to have like a vague smile on his face. It's like he, he's not like grimacing or anything after being stabbed. He just he he looks at peace. I never even noticed that before. Yeah, he's just like sort of bending down. He's like the corners of his mouth are like just up. So it's like that could be construed as a smile because I like the story. I'm going to say it's a smile. I mean, given his mental state. It could be that, you know, death is freeing for him at this point. But death will not come for him because Rodrigue steps in between him and the sword. And he fulfills his promise to Lambert, the king. Rodriguez takes the fatal blow for Dimitri and we kill the maiden. We we don't capture her. We don't interrogate her. We straight up kill her. We, we get a flashback from Rodrigue's point of view talking to Lambert. And dear Lord... Lambert has awesome armor and awful facial hair. Like Lambert has like the facial hair that's just like immaculately trimmed to be like just a chin, chin strap beard, but it's like has like little designs on it and it looks awful. 
Well, he looks like a lion. Uh, it it no. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, it's he's he's, he's, he's the splitting image of, image of Canigus from Radiant Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's iffy facial hair. Uh, well, with Rodrigue dead and Dimitri about to have a mental breakdown, we move on to Chapter Eighteen, Part Two. Azure Moon, Harpstring Moon, the King's triumphant return. Dimitri feels bad. Dimitri's sad, and he's finally had a breakthrough. He apologizes to all of us for leading us all down this dark path, and he decides that I can't focus on revenge. I've got to take back the kingdom. Here's a little interesting thing if you've played the Silver Snow path, which is the church path. So obviously you're going to have a different perspective from this because... I believe you don't actually, you're not actually able to make it to Grunder Field. So the, you end up getting a report post chapter 17 that Dimitri was found among the dead. Basically, because he didn't have Byleth's influence there along with the other people, he basically just kept charging and charging and charging until he passed out where he was stabbed to death on the battlefield. And this really shakes Byleth for whatever reason. And so... A similar thing with Edelgard happens where she's injured, so she returns to Enbar and Claude goes missing. Byleth basically goes out during the night, and basically he's just, or she, uh, just standing out there, thinking to himself, and you hear a voice show up, and Dimitri shows up, and he's like, wait, I thought you were dead. And Dimitri starts going on about, you know, how he wished that he had Byleth's guidance. It's, it's an interesting but weird scene, because he's about to say something when I believe Gilbert or like a regular soldier comes up and says, Hey, you know, what are you doing out here? And you're like, Oh, I'm just out here with Dimitri. And then there's nothing there. So a little weird. And it only happens with Dimitri. There's no like, cause it, before this, it actually gives you like three different options. You can say, Oh, Dimitri's dead or, Oh, Claude is missing or, Oh, uh, Edelgard's injured. But Dimitri is the only one that will show up regardless of what option that you pick. So, Kind of a weird scene, maybe like a little oversight or something, but definitely interesting. It, it, it was a scene like that, and playing through, I'm, this is my first Blue Lions playthrough again, but it feels like Blue Lions is almost like the canonical path, it feels like. Or it feels like either that or Golden Deer are one of the one of those two are like the true path of the game, or the a canonical path of the game. And Dimitri's journey is a really interesting one. It's at this point in the game, I wish we were allowed a little bit more choice. And I know I'm looking to get a horse in the mouth because this game gives us so much that it's just absolutely amazing. I love this game. I love that we have four different paths. I wish that each of the three houses split into two because in the Crimson, in the in the Black Eagles, we have the two routes between Crimson Flower and the Silver Snow. It feels like right here with the with the Azure Moon Path, it feels like we could be splitting right here in the do we truly go full dark side or do we drag Dimitri back to the light? It feels like this chapter is where we could actually do that, but we don't get a choice in the matter. We get we do bring Dimitri back to the light and that is the right choice, I guess. But it just it just feels like that could have been a possibility of just like, eh, that could have been. Hold on to that thought for the next chapter of this podcast, because you've actually given me something that <clears throat> you've actually made me think about something. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on it then. Oh, I, right. do, I do have one more thing. 
Do you remember in a previous chapter of this podcast where Costas is going to kill Edelgard and then Byleth steps in? Yes. That's at the very start of the game. If Costas killed Edelgard, he would have saved everyone. He would have stopped five years of war. Costas is a hero. Costas is a true hero. I'm sure that the, those who slither in the dark would have still done something to cause a war or something like that, but it, it is fun to think that, like, Byleth inadvertently saved the Flame Emperor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on to Chapter 18. At this point, we finally get to interact with Dimitri for the first time because Dimitri's been off on his own, being all solemn, talking to the dead. We finally get to eat with him. We can finally go to the sauna with him. We can finally have support conversations with him. And dear Lord, there are so many support conversations to go through with Dimitri. One I will tell you that you must have. Well, not really like must have, but one to really listen to is uh, him and Felix. Because you can only get this conversation, obviously, after Dimitri will talk to you and after the time skip. And he talks about his father and brother's death and basically tells Dimitri, you know, make sure my father and brother's death weren't for nothing. Yes, I... Is is the, their beat support locked by the time skip? I don't think it is. Okay, I, I guess I just didn't get the B support before. I, I still haven't managed to get their A. But something that I in their B support, which I don't remember happening in any other support, after you do their support, you get a sword. Oh, yeah, the sword of Zoltan. There's also a shield, too, somewhere. Yeah, just like, uh, okay, I guess I should make sure I get that support each time I play Blue Lions, because it was a pretty decent-looking sword. Oh, well. Oh, sorry, Cardwiz. i got to do one more thing. Please! <laughs> I keep interrupting you, but... So, in my Golden Deer playthrough, after Grander Field, um, similar thing happens where, you know, Dimitri ends up dying in this clash. Uh, I actually had Felix, Sylvain, and Ingrid... Um, recruited on that playthrough uh, for the golden deer and they actually have comments and stuff about that they're like you know we abandoned dimitri to join this you know maybe we should have been with him at you know during those times and stuff but it's definitely interesting that they have comments to say about the stuff that went down rather than it not affecting them at all again nice nice little small detail have i mentioned i love this game i love this game we get to go to garrick monastery and we roam around and our mission this month the regular supply thing for Gilbert and to give Gilbert some flowers. We learn that Cordelia of the kingdom, who is sort of in charge of the kingdom right now, is sending dang it autocorrect. Actually, this one's probably just me mistyping. I, comma, parish troops to meet us. What the heck did I mean to say there? I, comma, parish troops. Maybe empires troops? I could. Man, what the heck did I type there? Yeah, the empires. Just say empires troops. Cordelia says it's time to meet my old master. What? What does that mean? As the we get to the battle, we we have all the blue line troops at the bottom of the map. We can go to the right, left, or center, and in the center to the north, there are six future golems with like giant shields, and all of them have incredibly high defenses, and there are lightning turrets too. Okay. Yeah, the giant robots are here. Wait. Yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses has giant robots. Surprise! <laughs> I, I really like I really like this map too. 
I, I, I really like this map. This is one of my favorite maps because you can do it the hard way or the easy way. The hard way is like you can try to fight those golems head on and like persevere and strive and hope you don't get crit. Or you can go up the right side and go to the north where there's a lever. And with that lever, it sort of turns off the magic to the golems, making them much easier to fight. Or you could have three Pegasus Knights like I do and just charge the boss who's just in the middle of the map. <laughs> Which one did you do? Uh, I wanted the experience, so I just... So I did the... I actually did it the hard way for half of it and then pulled the lever and defeated the last two golems much easier. I, I did not have anyone die, but really I should have had someone die. Because I took some stupid chance with crits because they could have crit me so bad, but I just got lucky. And it was always because I just wanted experience points, even though I'm, we're playing on normal mode and I could probably beat the game with the army I have now on the final chapter. Never, never waste experience. Exactly. You got to, you got to, the thrill of possibly losing someone is part of the fun of this. With that but, said, I only killed, uh, I think I left one of those golem things alive because I was tired of dealing with them. Because weapon durability is a thing. Well, the, you can repair your weapons. Yeah, but still. After managing to clear everyone out and getting a ton of experience, I ha- we have Dimitri fighting Cordelia. And at, during this fight, she admits that she killed his uncle and framed him. Duh. We kind of already guessed that from the events of the time skip. But, oh well. Cordelia said that Patricia... Dimitri's stepmother wanted to see her family again, and that is what led to the tragedy in Dusker. Cordelia admits she helped out with it. By, wait, any, so, by any means necessary. Wait, so she's implying that Dimitri's stepmom, Edelgard's mom, is responsible for the horrible events of Dusker and the king's assassination and Dimitri almost dying and all, the, all those deaths of those years ago? That was his stepmom's fault? Yeah, and her body, like, she was never seen after that. There's no records of her death. Um, Her body was not found among the dead. Maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe some Ashen Wolves chicanery's happening here. (laughs) She's in the basement. She's been in the basement all along. It makes sense, because I'm going to spoil this. Um, I'm going to spoil this, but, like, you never, it never pays off at all. What? It does not pay off. You never hear, see, or anything mentioned about Patricia again. Well, we, we're going to hear a little bit more by the end of this well, section. but uh. Yeah, but I mean, after that, it doesn't pay off. Uh, uh, the chapter ends on a triumphant note as the people of the kingdom cheer King Dimitri's return. The king has returned. Old Heil, King Book, I mean, King Dimitri. Chapter 19. Part 2. Azure Moon. Garland Moon, the Golden Deer's Plea. Lord Arundel has taken forces into the Alliance territory and has them backed into a corner. Claude has sent a request for help. Will we help them? Dimitri's a good guy now, so yes. Our missions for this month include the generic getting supplies. And at this point, I had uh, completed Anna's submission, which, if you remember from our previous chapter, involved getting supplies from enemy troops during the random battles you can do throughout the month. I managed to do that, and I got a stat-boosting item. And it turns out it looks like that's a repeatable mission, because you can just keep doing battles and get 
uh, stat boosting items from Anna each time you do it. That's what I get for my DLC. There is also a paralogue here. Did you get it? Yes, I did. The Silver Maiden. Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah, uh, we, get, sadly, we get Dimitri's paralogue. Yeah, sadly, Micaiah is not in this game. Ooh. I don't know about that. She's Maybe one day we'll get to that. Maybe, maybe one day, but we'll have to play a different game first. Watch that one. We need to take the Silver Maiden Fortress back from the Empire. Arian Hrad is guarded by Hubert. We managed to do this one fairly easily. I didn't even write notes on it. <laughs> I had trouble because um, Hanneman and Manuela show up on this map if you don't have them recruited. Really? You didn't have them recruited? No, I didn't want to recruit them this time. I... I've never not recruited the professor, so please tell me a little bit more. Hanneman, well, I never actually encountered Manuelo because she was on the complete other side of the map. But uh, Hanneman shows up at the very top and he's able to hit you with like long distance range magic attacks, which is a pain. Nice. And, yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of nasty, too. Did it, do they say anything like why they're there? Are they supporting Edelgard or are they what, what's going on? Why would they join this? fight against us hanneman by default uh like if you're just playing uh edelgard root i do know this um if you're playing edelgard root hanneman after the time skip will automatically join the empire manuela yeah. i don't know about but this is this is something i never knew about i'll next time i play the game i'll just maybe i need to just not recruit any of the professors and see what happens yeah i don't know where shamir ends up because i've always recruited shamir because she's the best she is yeah, but at the end of this map, um, after I defeated Hubert, Hanneman's just like, well, if Hubert's gone, I see no point in staying here. I'm out. And then Manuela's like, you know, I don't believe in fighting till the death, so if you'll excuse me. And she's she's gone too. And, uh, she actually upgrades to the Assassin's class. While really? Hanneman, yeah. Hanneman stays his same... His same uh, he has the same attire. I can't remember his class. He's probably the, the, dark, the Reason Mage. Or, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, but he's still he's still showing up in that nice suit and the monocle. Heck yeah, looking classy. I couldn't find it in my heart to kill him, even though he was trying to kill me. We managed to get the silver maiden back, and no serious story implications. So we move on to the actual chapter map. Hey, it is that map which has the boats on the right side, but we all start in the village to the south, and we, there's a lot of stuff going on here. We've got Claw. I forget. Claude's relative, or I forget her name is, she's in the city fighting. Judith. You've got H- Judith. You've got Hilda and an archer protecting a bridge that's protecting Claude. And you've got a lot of enemies and a lot of reinforcements coming and Lord Arundel at the top left corner. Time to charge in. And we just charged in and destroyed everything. At this point, I finally managed to get my Catherine up to the master level Pegasus Knight and I unleashed my triangle attack upon the masses. <laughs> the entire point of this campaign to get three max level Pegasus Knights who will destroy everything. The skies will rain down with javelins, even though this game doesn't really have javelins, but we will rain down our beautiful Pegasus Knight of Terror. And we, those three pretty much destroyed everything. I've, I've got Ingrid, Byleth, and Catherine as the max level Pegasus Knights and it's wonderful just being able to go everywhere on the field, pause so you get the alert stance, plus everyone attacks you, everyone misses, and everything dies in the counterattacks. Life is good for me right now. My horse mages just ate through this map because there's so many just like armor knights on this map. 
Mm-hmm. Marianne had a field day. My Marianne, uh, white mage Dimitri, and uh, mortal savant Shamir also managed to get some their blows in. What I usually do is I I have my white mages learn like a little bit of like reason magic, so they'll have some offensive attacks. And I do the same things for the uh, for the for the dark mages. I give them like just a little bit of faith magic, so they can do like just like a little bit of healing on the side if they need to. There, there's no reason not to train. If you're using one magic, there's no reason for you not to train the other one up just a little bit. Yeah. But this map is an XP fest, and it's beautiful and glorious. And I managed to do the triangle attack to Arian Rod, and it was beautiful. He goes down, refusing to tell Dimitri the truth of what happened nine years ago. And he says he hopes he and Edelgard kill each other like a good brother and sister. Do you know what Arendelle's deal was? In the Blue Lions playthrough, I remember we learned that he had stopped donating to the church like nine years ago or so, if I remember correctly. There's something else that I learned just by kind of like looking around the web. Yes, I he's... Uh, I'm trying to remember from all the other playthroughs and I'm trying not to mix up names. I believe he's Edelgard's uncle and he's the one who sort of snuck... Uh, what's her name? He's, he's the one who got Patricia into the kingdom, if I remember correctly. There's something else. Uh, what is this something else that I'm not remembering off the top of my head? He's Tallus. Say what? Yeah, he's Tallus. <laughs> Let me look this up and see if it's something I actually knew. I actually looked around a little bit and I was just like, because I, I remember saying to myself, well, you don't really encounter those that slither in the dark that much in this playthrough. And, and so I was just kind of like looking around trying to avoid, you know, Edelgard root spoilers. And it's like, oh, no, he's Talos. I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense then. Basically, what happened is that right around the time that Lord Ariandel stopped giving donations was right around the time that he was killed and Talos took his place. Oh. Roughly the same time that the plague, there was that giant plague that I think that you remember Sylvain mentioned. Yes, I remember that. That plague happened, and Cornelia, uh, she healed the plague. That was the fake Cornelia, the one that we faced off, and the one who like orchestrated everything. Certain people were put in certain positions of power to destabilize the kingdom and the alliance. Or the kingdom, the empire, and the alliance. I think I put together Cornelia part. I don't think I realized that... Uh, Aaron, uh, I don't think I had quite realized that Arendelle, stupid mouth, Arendelle was dead and replaced. Yep. I had to read up on that too. I was like, oh man, now now everything kind of like makes sense. Now, we mentioned something with uh, Solon too. Solon was also killed and replaced with, or what was his name? Uh, Solon. No. Uh, no. Thomas or Tomas. Thomas, yes. Yeah, he was also killed and replaced with uh, someone so they could have someone in the monastery. Freaking body snatchers. Yeah. Sadly, in this playthrough, it doesn't seem like we're fighting those who slither in the dark. It seems like we're focusing solely on the Empire, but we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Anywho, after this map is done, we get to meet up with Claude. Mm-hmm. And he tells us, yeah, we're, we're done with the Alliance. I have broken it up. You can have all the Alliance territories and you can have Fail Not." Later, I'm out. I'm sorry, what, Claude? You don't want to, like, you know, help us with the nah. the, the thing? Ah, good. I got schemes to commit. Go. Get out of here. I, I mean, I mean fold, the whole thing with Foldland's throat can wait. We, end Scheme bar. out, bro! All right. Bye. 
that's the part that did suck. I was like, oh, Claude's going to join us. This is going to be cool. And then it's like, no, here's here's my stuff. The Alliance, you can have that land back, the armies, whatever. I'm done. I'm going back home. Boo. It was literally a, a South Park moment where, uh, screw you guys, I'm going home. Yep. And as we just hold fail not in our hands, it's time to guess we're moving on. Chapter 20. Part 2. Azure Moon. Blue Sea Moon. The Impregnable Fortress. Yeah, Claude tells us that Ray's been captured. And that she's in the Empire right now. Time to march and save her, but the only way to get to the capital, we have to first go through Fort Mercius. That's all, the, that's all we need. Let's move forward. Our mission for this month is to get the supplies thing for Gilbert again. It means nothing. We learn that the Death Knight is going to be waiting for us at the fortress, and Mercedes is ready for this. I got nothing. Ready to move on to the map. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Like I said, I've been skipping months after this. There is, well, there is something. Um, if you're playing this, um, if you're playing this normally and you haven't recruited Caspar, like Caspar will be standing in the cutscene with the Death Knight with uh, Linhart. But we have Caspar, so Linhart just kind of has a weird one-off line. Yeah, L- Linhart's here. We're going to kill him. Don't worry, we'll get to him. He can sleep for good now. Uh, I've played this map on the other different playthroughs, through like the Golden Deer and the uh, the Silver Snow playthrough, where we have to go to Fort Mercius to eventually go to Elgard and the Death Knights there. I think this one's laid out differently than I remembered, because the Death Knight's at the south and we enter from the north. So it's just like, okay, it's light variation on the map. Okay, yeah. I guess I'll take it. Yeah, I think it's because we're coming from the kingdom that we end up coming from the top of the map rather than um, the monastery, which we go below, I think. I may, be, I may be remembering that completely wrong. Yeah, If that's the reasoning, I'll, I'll accept it. There's another simple map, just like just a bunch of things, a couple of places for reinforcements. There is one giant monster in the middle, but you're able to take him out pretty easily. Oh, look over there. They're on the right side. There's a random war master who has a brave hat, who has a brave axe. Catherine, go take care of him. Just wait so you can get the alert stance plus and he'll miss you. And wait, he just, he has like a 19% chance to hit you. And he no. hit you the first time with a brave axe. And he hit you the second time with a brave axe. My Catherine died because he hit twice on a 19. Oh, no. Card was. I lost my triangle attack like the chapter after I got it. Oh. No. Catherine. Catherine. She's she's dead now, Jane. She is dead. I have lost the thunder. I've lost the... I've lost her legendary relic, which was like my emergency backup. Okay, I need to take care of this guy right now. Wouldn't happen if you had her on a horse. With magic. She was on a magic horse, a magic flying horse. And now she's ten feet under. Yeah. I've been doing so well, I haven't lost anyone since Hanneman in, like, chapter 11. Uh, have, you, have you only lost teachers and Annette? I lost Sylvain, too. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't miss much, then. So I, I've, lost, I've lost four people in this playthrough. But I took out my aggression by having Ingrid stab Linhard in the face. I would have used a triangle attack, but I can't do that anymore. Um, and be- because I'm a jerk, I have Mercedes go in for the kill on Emil. Uh, I also did that. We have a still. We get a still shot of Mercedes kneeling over uh, his, Emil's body, and we see that his mask is off. Although 
in the little dialogue box, the mask is still on. And it, was, it, it would have been nice to actually see his face at that point. Game, you could have given us that. And he's still making like, he's still making the distorted Death Knight sounds too. Yes, but in the picture, we see he doesn't have the mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The still image he's laying on his back. You can see his blonde hair. Mm-hmm. I think she mentioned, again, she mentioned House Bartell again. So That's again, good. we're not going to be able to find that out until... Uh, Black Eagles when I play through that. Looks like this map is over, but before we can march on to the capital, it turns out we've arrested a soldier who claims to know about what happened in Dusker. This person was one of Viscount Kilman's men. They've been taken back to the monastery to interview. And with that, we end this section. Next time, we'll be finishing off the Blue Lions. <sighs> it's, been a, it's been a rough road, but we're finally coming to the end on this. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll have taken seven parts to get through this but it's it's been fun i'm glad i've saved playing blue lions for the first time to play through with you here on the podcast yeah and i'm glad i played through it beforehand so i could know what the structure was for these chapters (laughs) (laughs) this is my second time going through it i'm still i'm still liking it i I don't know if it's the best path but i think i i like it better than uh i mean anything's better than the church path i think i like it better than the golden deer path as well I think the story is more compelling, but I think I think the Golden Tear path is probably the most traditional Fire Emblem path. It's just like, here is the story, here is our goal, let us go complete this goal. Yeah, it's it's the yeah, it's the most traditional plot, while Demetrius is more as the Dimitri and the Blue Lions is more the personal plot or personal story. The Silver Snow one is the uh, we got some extra here, time. Yeah, here, here are basically the Golden Deer maps, except for like a different last map. And then the Crimson Flower is, oh crud, we forgot to write this. Let's rush through this. Yeah, and make up excuses. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Unfortunately, yeah. We'll, once you play through Crimson Flower, we'll have a discussion about that. But for now, that's it for this episode of the Emblem Support Podcast. With that said, you can follow us on Emblem Supports, him at KD Corley, me at Planordo, all on Twitter. With that said, chapter complete.